Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that brings you deep dive interviews with the motorcycle industry insiders and racers that make the sport move. I'm Dale Spangler, and in this episode, my guest is Frank Fredis, general manager of the Legends and Heroes Motocross Tour and soon to be founder of the Legends and Heroes Moto Museum. This episode is brought to you by Moto America, home of AMA Superbike Racing and North America's premier motorcycle road racing series. Rewatch every round of the 2023 series and revisit all the season's action with the Moto America Live Plus video on demand streaming service. Or visit the Moto America YouTube channel for race highlights and behind the scenes video content. Look for the 2024 race schedule to be announced soon over on the MotoAmerica.com website and be sure to follow Moto America on social media for real time series updates and original content. Let's get started. I'd like to welcome Frank Vertas to Pit Pass Moto. How are you today, Frank? I'm doing great. How are you out in the desert? You're just like, you're out in the middle of Ocotillo, from what I understand, like in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> uh, pretty much middle of nowhere, but the weather's actually pretty nice this time of year. It's about 80, 85 degrees. It's nice. Awesome. Well, I'm super excited to share the story of your company now, I guess, that you've taken over, Legends and Heroes Tour, and your new endeavor, uh, creating a motocross museum. But first, I thought we'd maybe start out with a little background info about you. And a cool thing I found out about you already is that we have Ohio in common. You were born and grew up in Ohio and started racing motocross at age 16 in 1968. So tell us a little bit more about your background there. Yeah, uh, I basically stole my brother's motorcycle while he was away at college. It's this old Honda 160 Scrambler, and I started racing some of the local tracks. And uh, made sure I cleaned it up real well when he got home so he didn't notice what I was doing. And uh, my parents, though, they all thought I was playing baseball because I kept disappearing on Sundays. And I told them I, had a, I was in a Sunday league. <laughs> so I uh, started hitting the tracks and kind of getting better and better until I got my own bikes. Now, where exactly was it that you grew up? Because I grew up in Painesville, kind of northeast Ohio. And some of these tracks that you listed, Honda Hills, Delta Raceway, Mid-Ohio, these are all tracks that I visited myself back in the... Uh, the late 80s. I was uh, raised in Cle Cleveland, Ohio, so I know exactly where Painesville is. I've been to Painesville many times. Very close. And we uh, raced up at a track called Crash and Burn, which is not too far away from there. Smith Road, which is, wasn't too far away. It's on the west side of Cleveland. Lodi is another track. Those are up north, and the rest were all southern tracks. Yeah, I think the other one was Amherst Metal Larks. Did you race there too? No, I didn't. I've, I heard of that track, but I never really raced there. 
Yeah, definitely a cool little place in Lorraine, kind of west side of Cleveland. Yeah, that was always a good track for me. They always paid 200% payback, so you got you could go actually make some money. So I wish I'd have known now. <laughs> yeah. So another passion I noticed you have, besides what you're doing with Legends and Heroes, is VAT motocross racing. So when was it that you actually made the move from Ohio to Southern California and then worked your way into that VAT motocross scene? Yeah, 1988. I had raced the Baja in 1987. Beautiful weather in California. I got back home to Cleveland. It was snowing, and I decided that's it. I'm done. I'm moving out to California. So I moved out in June of 1988. Have you been there the whole time in the Ocotillo, or did you just move there more recently? I've only been in Ocotillo about 11 years, but I was in San Diego most of the time. And uh, I actually ran a, a business completely unrelated to motorcycles, um, water treatment business. So I traveled around the world installing water treatment equipment. So then what was that, the kind of the catalyst for the move to the desert? It seems like from what I've seen already looking around in the area there of Ocotillo that it's very kind of focused around ATVs and motorcycling and just power sports in general. Is that what kind of attracted you to the area? You know, it, it was kind of weird. We just found a place that we thought this would be a nice little investment and we were just going to come out on weekends and we still lived in San Diego. The, the weekends just kept getting longer and longer. And a lot of the work I was doing at the time was consulting work. And I realized I can consult from wherever I live. So why not live out where it's nice and quiet? So we came out to Acatillo. And next thing you know, we got a couple opportunities to buy some businesses. And one thing led to another. And here I am. You know, But bottom line, we had no intention at that time of living out in the desert. It just kind of grew on us. Yeah, it's kind of weird how that works, isn't it? The desert's just one of those things, like you said, it does kind of grow on you. I'm, I'm here in Boise, Idaho and grew up in Ohio myself. So it's just such a difference. No humidity, all that kind of stuff. But a lot of people don't think it's a beautiful place. But I, I think the opposite. I think it's just something about the starkness. It's a beautiful, kind of quiet, peaceful place to be in a lot of ways. Yeah, there's no traffic. We don't have any traffic signals in town. We have two stop signs. So there's something nice about that. Definitely. Well, let's kind of move on to the the Legends and Heroes Tour, which you are now the general manager of. How did that come about? And when did you kind of become part of that whole program? Yeah, well, back in uh, 2008, I was running a vintage motocross club, which I still uh, run to this date. And the local ARMA representative uh, wanted, to, he wanted to know if I could bring some bikes to San Diego Supercross just for an exhibit for ARMA, the national organization. So we brought about 30 bikes there and it was really, really well received. So he asked me, can you bring some bikes to the LA Supercross? And I'm like, sure. So we brought some bikes to that. He, his name is Alex Morose. He's kind of the founder of Legends and Heroes. So he looked at this and said, this, what a wonderful business opportunity. You know, if I get some sponsors, I could probably take this show on the road everywhere and just get a hold of local clubs and they could bring bikes. So he started Legends and Heroes in 2009, and the concept just took off. And wherever he traveled, he would call clubs like my own and you know have them bring bikes to the event, bring a couple bikes himself, and count on sponsorships to help for fuel and transportation and stuff like that. Then in uh, 2019, he wanted to retire, so he called me up because he knew I was there from the beginning with him and wanted to know if I was interested. And you know, I thought about it a little bit, and it has been my passion. So I said, sure. So I took over the company in 2019. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of moving parts to it. It goes back to, I think if I'm not mistaken, 2011 is when you began to kind of like officially honor riders. And I think there was 24 initial riders that first year. Like, how did that whole process come about of, you know, how do you choose who to honor? I think it's a really neat concept because you do each supercost, you do one rider. 
And then by the end of the season, you've got 24 riders. So tell us about that process and how that kind of came about. Yeah, the whole idea is pretty awesome. I, you know, Field Motorsports that run the Supercross, they started seeing that our display was the most popular display that they had in the Fan Fest inside the pits. So they asked, is there anything else we could do? So what we said, you know, why not honor people? So Alex came up with the idea of honoring a couple of people. It started off with like Marty Smith and Brock Glover and people like that. And we bring them to the pits and have them sign autographs on the day they're being honored and then go up on stage at the start of every Supercross race and honor different people. Well, the concept just went out and went crazy. I mean, they just loved it. The fans loved it. Uh, Felt Motorsports loved it. And it's just one of those things that just kept going on and on. And there's so many people out there. I mean, it seems like we never run out of people to honor. So we've carried that tradition on and not only honored people at Supercross, but also at some of the outdoor nationals as well. Yeah, from what I saw, I saw some pretty amazing stats. I think that you're getting like close to a thousand people an hour that come through that display at, at, at the Supercross pit parties. Well, we get a thousand people an hour, a little over that, about 1,200 that walk through. We have a portable museum that you actually walk into a trailer and it has pictures from the 50s all the way through the 90s. And we have bikes in there of the different eras. But outside, there's even more people. So we get about 25,000 people in a six-hour period at our display at every event. Wow. That's a lot of people. I mean, that's got to be huge towards kind of fostering new riders, you know, bringing new people to the sport potentially. Oh, yeah. I would think so. Oh, yeah. And then a lot of the, the stars that are racing, like, you know, we just did a show up at uh, Coliseum. They had the 50-year Supercross event up there. And, uh, you know, Eli Tomei came by, uh, several of the different riders that, you know, that were great riders back in the day, they always come by our display and just say hi and stuff and say hi to the fans. So we're right, we're generally right at the beginning of the fan fish. So we're the first thing you see when you walk into the pits, we're the first display because of the popularity of it. So a lot of the guys, when they're walking back into the stadium, they have to come by our display. So they always stop in. So if you hang around our display, you are going to run into not only current stars, but stars from the past. Speaking of that kind of SMX final, I thought it was really cool how Kawasaki did that 90s sort of retro look bike. And it was their 50th anniversary, I think, from what I understand, of Team Green itself. And so I thought that was really cool, you know, just coming back to the L.A. Coliseum and the Peristyle and all that good stuff. It seemed like it was pretty neat. It was awesome. And I'd never been in the Coliseum myself, so I, I was a first for me. And I, I was amazed. The track was really cool. Everything about that event went really, really well. Unfortunately, we couldn't bring in our mobile museum because there just wasn't enough space in the parking lot. So we had to set up a different type of display. But all the bikes we had, there were 1974 bikes. So we wanted people to see what it would have looked like back in 1974 at a Supercross. At that time, they were current bikes, and now they're 50 years old. That's awesome. Well, the mission statement for Legends and Heroes is to promote the exceptional benefits of motocross, emphasizing family values and rider safety. Um, so yeah, let's talk a little bit more about that and how those kind of that mission statement sort of came about. You know, is it just you're able to use that vehicle of displaying the products to share that message? Well, what really did it for us is just looking at the people that come to display. It's always fathers and mothers and their sons and daughters. And the fathers are looking at the bikes and showing their kids, these are the bikes I used to ride. Now, a lot of times the kids will start laughing and go, are you kidding me? You actually rode a bike that had no travel in the back or three inches of travel. And they'll joke back and forth. And it brings a lot of fond memories for the dads. And then you see the kids start the appreciation. They start realizing a lot more about their parents. And, you know, sitting there watching it, just one after another doing the thing, they made me start to realize that, you know, I think a lot of kids needed to understand how this sport evolved. 
that it didn't just all of a sudden become these modern bikes with, you know, 12 inches of travel. A lot of pioneers had to put up with a lot of stuff. And it took years for things to change to the way they are right now. And so watching them and explaining it to some of the younger kids, they really appreciate it. And the style of the old bikes, I mean, they're, they're beautiful. It's like looking at an old, you know, 1965 Mustang as opposed to a new Mustang. It's a completely different car. And the same with the bikes. So when we looked at this, we realized, you know, there's a lot more to just the history of it. When we build our museum, we, we're actually going to be doing school tours and having kids come there and learn about the history. Then we're going to have classes where we can teach them rider safety because the whole thing, as far as we're concerned, is not just the history, but it's keeping the history alive and also having the children understand that this can be a safe sport if done right and if you're taught properly. And that's really why our mission statement is, you know, is the way it is. It has evolved over time. I think the beginning, it was just showing off bikes and now it's evolved into something very, very different. Yeah, I can even see where there'd be situations where like maybe a dad might seem a little cooler in the eyes of his kid after they kind of go through something like that. And he explains, you know, like, look at this bike that I rode back then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, they pull pictures out right there and show their kid. It's, look at the bike. It's just the same one I had here and all that stuff. And yeah, it's very gratifying. Another thing I think I read that I, I really love the way it sounds is it says, committed to cultivating a thriving motocross community that is inclusive, welcoming, and supportive of all riders, especially youth, while instilling the importance of discipline, perseverance, and sportsmanship. That's a really good line right there because, I mean, that kind of falls into that whole mission statement too because, yeah, it's like you said, you're kind of like trying to inspire like sort of the next generation, sharing that history and kind of paying it forward, I guess, if you will. Right. And there is a lot of discipline. I mean, to, to riding and riding well, it's not just something that happens naturally. Uh, there's a lot of discipline, a lot of work. Uh, you have to listen to people talking to you and take advice really well and understand that if you're not safe, you can't ride the next week. So the whole point is you get to ride safely and ride well. Those are all a lot of times things that you, you need to teach these kids because a lot of times they just go out on their own and try to learn it on their own. And that's why a lot of them get hurt. So, you know, we feel that we have an opportunity here, especially being in Ocotillo in the middle of an off-road community to be able to reach these kids on a level that they'll really understand and really like. We'll get back to the conversation in one moment. But first, here's a word from our sponsor. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So another thing I think I read too, you have a bunch of industry partners, uh, industry experts that are kind of helping with this Legends and Heroes motocross program. Like I think I saw recently where American Honda donated a bunch of their old manuals, which I thought was really cool too, being a, a writer myself. I kind of geeked out on that. Like I'd love to see some of those old Kawasaki manuals. Like what is that type of stuff for? Like, is it going to help down the road with this museum or will that go into the actual rolling tour? They gave us uh, a collection of Honda manuals that goes back to the 60s and they're all brand new. And they're Honda manuals. We have probably the world's best collection of Honda manuals that exists to the tune of 400 large boxes of them. <laughs> You know, a lot of them, they told us they're doubles and triples of them, so we can sell them to help raise money for the museum and for the tour. Oh, okay. And a lot of them are also for folks that want manuals, they'll, they'll have access to them. 
being a nonprofit like we are, it was a perfect thing for Honda to do is just sit there and say, okay, here you go. We hope this helps out. And we have other people doing similar ideas where they're helping to donate stuff or, you know, money's always nice, but a lot of times the exchange of parts and equipment, accessories, that also helps us out well too. Yeah. Well, so the big news is this unveiling of a motocross museum in your town there of Ocotillo. Just from the plans alone, I mean, it looks like it's going to be amazing. From what I understand, it's going to be right there off the highway. You know, it's a well-traveled highway between Arizona and San Diego. So there's going to be plenty of traffic going by there. So yeah, tell us more about it. That sounds really exciting. Yeah, it's literally less than 100 yards off the freeway. So you can see it from the freeway. In fact, the building itself, the roof is going to light up at night and it's going to save Moto Museum. So you won't be able to miss it. So traffic-wise, uh, it's it'll be a phenomenal location for people traveling from San Diego to Arizona, Arizona back, either way. Uh, we plan on having about 125 bikes on display inside this museum, but not just the bikes on display. We're going to have people, if they want to sell their vintage bikes, they'll be able to bring it there and sell it on consignment. If people want to buy a project bike, something that has not been restored, but they're looking for a project, we'll have those there too. We're going to have a room where an ongoing restoration will be going on so people can see what it takes to restore a motorcycle. We'll be selling gear, parts, accessories. So there's a lot more than just a museum. And I also will be, it'll be available for banquets and receptions and stuff like that. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So I understand you have some kind of, I wouldn't say celebrity, but you know, like some famous motorcycle people that are kind of your consultants for this whole project? Very important. The most important guy up to date has been Brock Glover. Brock is on stage with me at every event, handing out awards. We talk every week about potential people that we're going to honor. Uh, he's extremely involved in this. You know, he's our public relations guy. And what a better person. Uh, I, I can tell you from uh, my experience, there's no one on the planet that knows the sport better than Brock Glover, period. And having him on board has been tremendous. This year, we also added Ricky Johnson on board, David Bailey on board, Ron Turner, Mercedes Gonzalez, the, the winningest female racer in history, a motocross racer. So these are all people that are on our staff that I can call up at any time for advice that also uh, help us out as far as talking to potential sponsors and things like that. Yeah. Now you kind of talked a little bit about like, it's going to be more than just, you know, displaying bikes. Like there's a nearby track where you can actually teach like safety lessons or even new riders, teach new riders how to, you know, how to use a clutch or whatever, you know, like basics. Is that going to be part of it as well? Right. Less than half a mile away, four years ago, Marty Smith, when he was alive, he came out to my house and designed a track that was going to be a track that kids could ride on, uh, but a fun track. It's about almost seven-tenths of a mile around the track. It's a really cool track. And the whole idea was at that time, he said, you know, have kids ride it, my grandkids, you know, whoever wanted to ride it. But I thought about, wow, that would be an awesome thing for kids coming to this museum and for them to come to the track that we, that's already been built and have an opportunity to learn how to ride. And it'll be it's perfect. It's right down the street. You can see the museum from the house where the track is. Very cool. Now, I think I saw, when I was kind of browsing around the Google Maps of Ocotillo, there's a little place called the Red Feather Market and Cafe. Is that your place too? Yes, it is. Dirt Bike Cafe. Yeah, I saw the photos of the inside and I'm like, that's got to be his place because it's it's got all the old, you know, there's bikes in there and all kinds of other cool memorabilia. Yeah, we got pictures of all the uh, mostly local Southern California motocross racers. We have about 13 bikes on display inside there, vintage bikes that people get a kick out of coming and see. Yeah, so it's a burger joint, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it seems like a huge ATV destination. 
about every photo I'd look at, no matter what the business was, there was always ATV photos. So it must be a huge spot like on the weekends. Do people come out there quite a bit? It's packed. Uh, now it's really popular, these side-by-sides. You know, you, you'll see 100 side-by-sides on a weekend easily, 150 maybe. Uh, but quads and side-by-sides and motorcycles, it's a very um, popular destination because there's so many trails right outside town that go for miles and miles. Well, back to the, you know, the whole Legends and Hero program, whether it's, you know, the museum, and then you have the Legends and Heroes tour, which is the aspect that goes on the road to the Supercrosses. Like, who are some of the people that help you with the whole program? Because I know like our mutual friend, Scott Lukaitis, I know he's someone that helps you out with, I think, social media and some aspects. So who are some of the other people that really are part of the team for Legends and Heroes? Well, we have uh, Michael uh, Lewis, or Peter Nonman's another person that helps us a lot. Ted Studley helps us a lot. Uh, there's several people that are in the industry that have been getting involved in helping us out. I, I think it's one of these things that labor of loves where people realize the importance of it. And this is something that's a passion that we all have. So, uh, and I have a, a many more people that want to help. Sometimes it's just hard when you have a big group just, just managing that group. But uh, it's no problem finding people. Then I'm going to the races. I'll have different individuals that'll go with me. Uh, when I do travel on the road, that want to come and just be part of it. So uh, it's, like I said, very popular venue for people to not only see, but to also travel to. It has to be just super rewarding what you're doing. Like I would imagine it's just got to be a feel-good project, be giving back, being able to share some of the history and honor these, you know, like amazing legendary racers. I'll tell you, you know, the drive is rough. I mean, we put 20,000 miles on last year driving and it, it, it wears you out. But when you get to an event and so many people walk up to you and thank you for what you're doing, I mean, it's unbelievable. Now, I've worked my whole life, but I've never had a job where people come up to me and constantly thank me and they'll bring their kids up and thank me and want pictures with me and pictures of the display. And, you know, it's kind of overwhelming. So it makes you realize you're doing something right. So the question is, do you keep it the way it is or do you expand on it? And we've chosen to expand on it because we want more people to see what, what it is we have. We want to expand to some of the county fairs. And like I said, having the museum, there's a lot of things we want to do to get this the story out because we realize how popular it is and how People really appreciate what it is you're doing. Well, to me, there's nothing better than two wheels for, you know, like I call it moto therapy, you know, because I just feel like it's the best way to kind of clear your mind. It instills in you discipline and perseverance and sportsmanship. To me, like I attribute motorcycles for a lot of my work ethic. I feel like I don't give up easy. You know, it just teaches you so many things, motorcycles that you can use in your in your everyday life. Has that been your experience? Absolutely. I raced one of the Bajas where uh, I had nothing but problems on my bike and I kept pushing through and pushing through and I was in the middle of nowhere and there was nobody there to help me and I just kept figuring out ways to get it done and I I got it done and I remember after that race saying to myself there's nothing that's going to stop me because if I just did what I just did for the last 14 15 hours I can get through anything and you're right what it does is it instills a whole different type of behavior and different mindset you realize that you know you can overcome almost anything. You just have to work. Definitely. Well, what you're doing is fantastic for the power sports industry, for the sport of motocross in general. Just really appreciate what you're doing and congratulate you on everything you've done with it. So how can fans support the Legends and Hero Motocross Tour and and maybe even be a part of the, the museum if they want to? You know, right now we're setting up a lot of different ways where people can... Uh, Help us out financially if they can. We'd love to have the support. Uh, the email address is legendsandheroes at yahoo.com. And we also have a website we can go to, legendsandheroes, motormuseum.com. 
but the best way right now would be send send an email or go on Facebook and look where we are and maybe send me a little message saying, hey, you, how can I help? Some people like to bring bikes to for display. Some people might want to help out financially, whatever. Anything we could obviously help. So you can imagine, you know, running diesel fuel for 20,000 miles is not cheap. So we, we could use any bit of help we can get. Frank, again, thanks so much for what you're doing for the sport of motocross. And uh, if there's anything else you'd like to add, that would be the time before we close this episode. Only that for people that have not seen our display, please come out and see it. If you haven't been to a Supercross, come to a Supercross. And when you're in the pits, come see the Legends of Heroes. Introduce yourself. Let me know who you are, that you listen to the show. And I think you'll really be surprised. It's a great thing for your kids. You know, even if you're not a big motorcycle enthusiast, bring your kids to a Supercross event. I guarantee you they'll walk up very, very different. Yeah, it's meant to be experienced, isn't it? You know, motocross, because once you feel it and you smell and all the sights, sounds, everything, it's just, I think that's what really hooks, sinks the hook. Every single person in there has a smile on their face. Yeah. They're all happy. And it's kind of nice right nowadays with all the stuff going on in the world, it's kind of nice to go to a feel-good event. Well, thanks for uh, spreading the motocross love at these Supercross events and tracks across the country. And once again, Frank, thanks so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, follow Pit Pass Moto on your favorite podcast listening app so you never miss an episode. And if you have a moment, please rate and review our show. We'd greatly appreciate it. You can also follow us on social media or visit pitpassmotorsports.com where you can listen to the past episodes and check out the new Pit Pass Motorsports blog powered by Podium Life, featuring articles and industry news focused exclusively on two-wheel and four-wheel motorsports. Head to pitpassmotorsports.com to check it out. I'm Dale Spangler. I hope you'll join us next week for another episode of Pit Pass Moto. Thanks for listening. Stay ahead of the pack with the latest racing news and interviews from the Hammerdown Racing Report, your source for regional racing action as well as the national scene. Every week, we recap racing action from all around Northwest Ohio and Southeast Michigan and cover national racing series from the world of outlaws to NASCAR. Plus, get all the latest racing news. Join hosts Scott Hammer and Ron Miller, along with different featured guests each week. From dirt to asphalt, we have you covered. The Hammerdown Racing Report, available weekly on your favorite podcasting platform.